Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free Posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Not only am I helping people grow their business, but I'm also helping them feel better about themselves. You know, that's the biggest thing. When I can see the joy on somebody's face when they come back and have a reveal and they hoped it was going to turn out well, but they didn't really know until they saw the images. And, you know, lots of my clients have said to me or told others, they'll say, this is my photographer. You know, I didn't think I was beautiful before I met her and she showed me. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Today's guest is Tammy Zurich Allen with Tammy Z Photography out of Tennessee. And Tammy has used the Sue Bryce business model to get out of the corporate world and into photography as her career. So this episode is just full of tips that Tammy shares that helped her to grow her business through networking and speaking gigs. And I really think you're going to love her suggestions. Tammy is just one of those great examples of someone who left a job that she was so unhappy in in order to do something that she loves and just really make a great income come doing it. All right, let's get started with Tammy. Hey, Tammy, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you. Awesome. I'm so happy that the weather's warming up. I'm sure, well, although you're in Tennessee, so I guess you don't really have that problem. Not so much. I'm from up north, so I can really appreciate that it's not cold here most of the time. Right, <laughs> right. That's awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here with me today and sharing just your whole photography story and how you just built this career that you have. It's really a remarkable story. Oh, thank you. It's exciting to be here. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so I'm wondering if you could start back. I know just from knowing you through, you know, the whole Sue Bryce education world, and I know that you had a a corporate job, but I don't know a whole lot about what you did or what that looked like back then. So maybe just for me and for the listeners, you could kind of give us an idea of what life was like before photography and then sort of what led you to photography in the first place. Sure. So I'll try to give you the shorter version. I spent 26 years in corporate sales and sales management. I worked for a variety of companies. I worked for Goodyear, Penske, Cars.com was the one I left to start my business. So a lot of them. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Focused around the automotive industry for the most part. And I always came into every company in a sales role and then work my way up into a management position. I really enjoyed kind of learning the craft and then moving up and then bringing people up with me. So, you know, hiring good people under me. And then my crowning joy was always when I could get my team promoted up. So that's kind of my thing, I guess, is it came into the photography world too, even though I had no intention of it doing that. 
But I, back in 2012, my husband asked me, what did I want for my birthday? And I had always taken pictures and I always had some sort of camera, but I had never had a professional camera. So I said, you know, I have a lot of stuff that I don't really need much, but how about a real camera? So Mm -hmm. that yeah, that was kind of the launching pad. I, I got the, it wasn't even, it was a semi-pro, so it was a, not a full frame, but I just started taking pictures of everything, and then I got a book to learn how to work the camera on manual, and started kind of graduating into people, and I was posting things on Facebook, and a friend of mine from Cars.com who lived in Chicago called me one day and said, you're shooting my wedding, and I said... <laughs> And that was my reaction, like, ah, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And she said, you are, I know you, you can wrangle my family, I've seen your work, and you're, I've already bought you a ticket to Cancun, you're going. <laughs> Ooh, and so the wedding was in Cancun. I mean, that would be hard to say no to. Yes, yeah, so it was actually really fun, but I was so scared because I'm kind of a perfectionist and I didn't want to screw up, you know, you only have that ceremony once. And right. I, so I, I told her I would only do it if she hired the, she was going to a resort. I said, if you hire the resort team to make sure that the ceremony is covered and I'll still do it, you know, I'll take pictures and all of that. But she flew me in at, I think, three days early because her family was arriving all week long and they got married at the end of the week. I scouted everything out, but I went on Creative Live at that time because I didn't really know anything. And I heard an ad on the radio one day. And so I went looking for wedding classes that I could learn how to do this. I wouldn't screw it up. And that's what led me to Sue eventually. Mm. I shot the wedding and I saw Sue on there and started paying attention to what she was up to. And when I was at the wedding, there was this beautiful girl that was a friend of the bride's and I was taking her off on the side and taking her picture and it turned into later on when everybody was back home, I flew to Chicago because I worked from there where the corporate office was. And she got together a bunch of her girlfriends. And that was my very first Sue shoot in quotations. They just sat, we got a, I got a suite at a hotel and they let me practice. See, I, okay. A lot of people have said that who used to be wedding photographers who've transitioned into the portrait world. And I know I was the same where often when they were shooting these weddings, their favorite time was that time with the bride and and just getting those photos with her. And, you know, I think that obviously when you're shooting a wedding, you don't get a whole lot of time with the bride often. Sometimes it's five minutes, 10 minutes. You know, if you're lucky, you might get 30 minutes with the bride. And so that's one of the great parts of, of doing portraits is you get all the time, all the time in the world to do the part that you love to do. So it's, yes. yeah, hear, hearing you say that is very familiar. Yes. Okay, so, but at this time that you did this wedding, you're still full-time at your corporate job, is that right? Absolutely, yeah. So I didn't leave my corporate job. That was at the end of 2012. She got married in mm, December. Okay. So I went back, started watching Sue's classes, and started just applying what she was teaching. And I ended up leaving on April 1st, (laughs) which was April Fool's Day. I called my boss and said, yeah, I've got news. I'm going to be leaving. And he said, is this an April Fool's joke? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, it would be a good one, but no. And so I had found a studio. You know, I, I purchased everything I needed or I thought that I needed at that time to run a portrait business. And, you know, you don't need a lot to start out. But I wanted to have a space that I could shoot because I've got dogs and we had a cat at the time. And my house is really 
just not laid out well for a studio in my house. So I said, if I'm going to do this, I have to try to do it well. And, you know, I could, at that time I was coming from a corporate salary. I had money in the bank. I could afford to, what I did was negotiate with the landlord. The building had been open for some time. And I said, I would like to lease your space, but I don't know if I can make this work. So it was a three-year lease initially. And I said, I'll do this if you'll give me a one-year out. Mm. And he also gave me, I, I said, I also am going to need a break on the price. So we did, an, I came up with an ascending price. So the first year was the lowest and I had a 12-month out. And then I had two more years. I figured if I could make it past a year, I could probably make it. So I ramped up the pricing to what he wanted in the first place by the third year. And I renewed after that third year for three more years. And I just actually moved over last summer to a new space. So it's, so far, it's going well. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up about negotiating rent price. That's not something that would ever cross my mind. I, I feel like when I go in and I find a spot that I like, I'm like desperate. Like, I'll pay you even more than what the rent <laughs> is. Like, So I, I love to hear you say that because I think that that's something important for people to think of is when they are looking for a studio space. And, and some cities, I think, are very cutthroat. And when a space comes up, it's like there's no room to negotiate because you've got 30 people all looking at one space. But I really like that advice of if there's a space that maybe is a little over what you want to pay, all they can say is no. Right. If you ask. Exactly. So yeah, I love that you did that. That's great. And now before we go any further, what I know about you is that, and if I'm saying anything wrong, please correct me, but just from what <laughs> I know from, you know, working with you just through the SBE group and everything, you seem to like to have your ducks in a row. Yes. Like you like to have a plan in place prior to making huge jumps. Like you're not a big risk taker in that, like, yes, you do take risks, but it's all calculated. Is that right? Yes, I'm definitely a risk taker, but I also think through, and I think it's because I came from sales. Mm -hmm. It was good in sales, in my estimation, because I would think through 40 different scenarios that could happen and have a plan for each one. So right. not for, for, 40 might be exaggerating, but you know, every I try to think of all the possible situations or outcomes and then have a plan ready so that if this happens, then I do that. So I wasn't going to fall flat on my face you know, because I had this or that planned out. So when you made the decision that you're done, you know, this April 1st day, mm -hmm. did you already have like a full plan in place, like laid out, ready to go? Not, I, you know, I wasn't so far as to, to have written it down, but you know, we worked with, when I was in my previous career, we worked with owners of businesses to help them get better. That was kind of across the board. So Cars.com was a online advertising. It's basically the online classified. They went from newspaper, you know, back in the day, everybody put ads in newspapers. And then when the internet came along, that transitioned over to online. Well, right. I was with that company when that was, transition was just starting to happen. So we had to go in and talk to people, business owners about, well, car dealers, which are notoriously hard to negotiate with and very stubborn and hardheaded about, I know what's right. You're, you know, who are you to tell me? Especially coming from, you know, at that time I was a younger female, which in, now I live in the South, not anything against the South, but they're just a little less open open-minded to young women coming in sometimes to talk about why what they're doing isn't quite the best. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I knew having worked with a lot of different business owners that 
if you can address where the client's going to come from and then how best to entice them to what you do, that you'll find clients, you know? Yeah, so yeah. Does all of this training that you've had leading up to this, do you find that it really helps you in your business now? Absolutely. The first couple of years, I did just portrait, and I did a lot of the transformational portraits that Sue's known for, and you know, the group is primarily focused on. But after the first couple of years, it was kind of finding my way. Mm-hmm. I was very corporate, very, and I worked with all men, so I was non-emotional. You know, there was no emotion in that business because, again, I was a woman working in a man's world, and I kind of flipped to the opposite side. I was working with all women focused on, you know, really getting them to relax and feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And that was all about being in touch with your feelings and being in touch with their feelings. And I mean, actually, I can remember it like it happened yesterday. I had a mother daughter in and I put them into a pose and they just looked so beautiful that I started crying. And I just, you know, I just was looking at them. I'm like, you guys, this is just, I mean, I I didn't even have words because tears were flowing. And then, of course, they started crying. (laughs) Right. So, you know, I felt like I almost needed that transition to bring me back to who I was. You know, Mm -hmm. I kind of shut that side off. And not that I'm the most emotional person now, but it really kind of got me back to, I kind of almost was like a robot, I guess. You know, I, I, I had, I felt like I had no feelings and you mm-hmm. couldn't show any, don't show any weakness. And, you know, I had to kind of come around, but the business side of things, I started shooting people who needed, or they'd come in for a session and say, I want to do all this fun stuff, but can I get a headshot? And, you know, I need something for my LinkedIn or whatever. So we started, I started moving that way. And then I realized there's a big market that was untapped and I was doing full branding sessions. And that's really what I do now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now you, you said so many important things in there. One thing you mentioned about just being in a job that kind of changes you really or that you have to be a certain way and how it can really almost just like alter your state like I hear of of people say how they were like depressed at a job or just you know not treated fairly or just so burned out and just so exhausted and I know you know I can relate having been a social worker right and hearing you say that with being in the corporate world and just not being able to show weakness or just what everything that comes along with being in a company where you're one of the only females and just having to have your guard up all the time, I could see how that could just wear you down. Yes. I mean, it changes who you are a little bit. And you look in the mirror and you're thinking, is this really who I am? You know, and the the feedback you get from people about, they used to do 360 reviews and I had a team of people working for me and some of the comments I would get back, I'm like, wow, you know, I need to kind of turn some of that back on again because they're not feeling the love as much as I would like like them to. So mm-hmm. you kind of, that pendulum had swung way too far the other way. Yeah. Well, I love that you made the change. I mean, I think it's inspirational for people to hear. I mean, you were a, like a corporate go-getter wanting to climb the corporate ladder, like all of that. And to, to stop that because you found something that you love to do and you were unhappy in the corporate world and to make those changes instead of just sticking with it for the rest of your life so you could get a pension. You know, it's like, I'm just really proud of you for taking that step and doing it. And I think it's really inspirational to people. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. 
Yeah. Okay. And then you said you did the transformational portraits. Now you're in the personal branding sort of headshot world mostly. What does that whole process look like? Like, do you have packages? Are you doing hair and makeup? Like, take us through an experience. Yeah, it's exactly the same as the transformational portrait kind of situation is. I really just saw that there was a complete lack of care for women. And there was this entire group of women who they were all, you know, in my age range. I'm, you know, I'm 50. How old am I? 52. Are you really in your 50s? I would, I did not know that. Yeah. Or maybe I did. I just, I don't believe it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thank you. But, you know, there's this, and I'm telling you, you already know, but there are, you know, all of these women who are 40 plus years old and they don't feel good about themselves and they still have to work in the world. And I think that because I came from that world, I really quickly identified with, or they maybe identified with me that they were working. A lot of them were business owners. Some of them were corporate, you know, executives, and they felt comfortable knowing and maybe it was just my confidence, you know, coming from that same world as I could meet them eye to eye and take them through my process. And it was exactly the same process. We did hair and makeup, but prior to that, I go to their house, help them pick out their wardrobe, or I'll go shopping with them because that's a big sticking point for a lot of people is I don't know what to wear and they get nervous about it. And then I evolved that over time into really, I have a two-page questionnaire basically about their brand. And so when I take them through that, they realize there are a ton of gaps in what they're currently doing. And so I start to plant the seeds of, you have a business, you really should be doing all of these things. Mm -hmm, And, mm -hmm. you know, kind of transition that into a greater opportunity. I just think it's so helpful for them. I mean, for you to go shopping with them, if seriously, I wish I had someone to go shopping with me, like I'd pay (laughs) for that. And I know there are people who you can pay for that. So one day I would love to do that. But the fact that you do that for your clients, I think that's one of the most stressful parts of photo shoots is what am I going to wear? Whether it's a family photo shoot and you're trying to dress yourself and your kids, or if you're doing headshots, I mean, it is just really hard. So the fact that you offer that to your clients, I think sets you apart from the start. Yes. Well, and I think that they like that it's more of a boutique service. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's completely different from what they're going to get at you know, JC pennies for $40 or, you know, whatever that they're going to feel taken care of. And because at the beginning, I spent a lot of time getting to know them and their brand, they feel like the outcome is going to be exactly what they hope for. Right. And then you said you had this questionnaire, I almost wonder if that is like a way to pre-sell without being salesy. Like think of all of the different ways that you can utilize these photographs within your branding. Is that kind of part of your intention? Yes, you're 100% right. Yeah, it's it's definitely designed to show them that, you know, do you have images for they're, you know, 20 different applications and they have two. So they hadn't even considered that they needed images for all those other things. And so on the back end, when you're showing them what you've produced, they know that they can, you could say, hey, look, remember you, t- we talked about that banner or we talked about this, that or the other. Now mm-hmm. they're going to, they're going to use it for that. It's so smart. And you could do that during the consultation. Like, I know I personally was not putting as much effort as I needed to into my consultations a couple years ago. And I was like, hmm, my sales seem to be like slipping a little bit. What am I doing wrong? And because I'm always looking at me, what what do I need to do better when, when sales start to slip? 
And that was what I realized is, is I was not putting as much time and effort into the consultation. And I know Sue has a really great consultation video. That, actually, there's two of them. Yes. But yeah, the newer one. I love it. And it's such a good refresher of how we can pre-sell without even being salesy. It's just helping them understand what they need. And it's like, oh yeah, I never would have thought of that. And it's such a great way to get this in. Because so many, and, and I'm curious if you run into this, I know so many people say that, well, everyone says they just want one or two photos. And then you've got kind of a rebuttal for why they need more. And it's a, and it's a great rebuttal. Exactly. Yeah. I, I get that sometimes on the, the very first call. I just need that headshot. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. You know, but once they've come into the consultation and seen what I do and hear about it and then identify some gaps in what they're currently doing, all the selling I do, I always tell people my husband at the beginning when I very first started my business, said, this must be really easy for you. And I said, what does that mean? And he said, well, because you, you've you been selling for your entire life. And I said, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I said, you know, it's not really for me. I don't ever sell people. I don't have to sell people. I just show people what will be better for them in their business or, you know, if it's just portraits, it's a little different, but because I focus so much on the business side, my true intention is to help people be better in their business, and mm-hmm. they know that. So mm-hmm. if they create a better impression for their clientele, they're going to get more business, and you know that is I don't need to sell that at all. It's yeah, that's great. That's such a great point. Uh, you know, when when you feel the value in what you're doing, and you know the value in what you're doing, and you can show that to people, it just it changes everything. Yes. Yeah. So what is your pricing like? Do you have packages or, you know, how does that work? I do. I started right out of the gate with Sue's pricing. I came from selling very high ticket stuff. So I never had a money block in terms of asking for the money. So, Mm -hmm. well, and when I very first started, Sue was talking about how her pricing was the same pricing she had used 25 years earlier. (laughs) (laughs) So in my mind, I was like, well, if this is the pricing she was selling at 25 years ago, I'm going to feel pretty good that it's okay to sell at that price now. So... Good point. Yeah, so I just did the three packages. I've I've always been a package seller all throughout my sales career. Good, better, best, however you want to label it. I do twelve hundred, nineteen hundred, twenty nine hundred because tax here is almost ten percent. So again, I kind of felt like that extra ten percent is going to kick them over. So I, I didn't want to say two thousand dollars. I wanted to say you know it, right. when I go with it, it'll be easier to digest a little bit. Right. Well, I'm not in Seattle anymore, but my business, half my business is still there and we're 10% sales tax too. It's crazy. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I always tell my clients that sales tax will be added. And every time I put it on the invoice <laughs> and it kicks them over, I'm always like, oh, like, yeah, <laughs> which I know it's so silly because it, you know, it's not it that big is. of a deal. But right. it is funny how we can revert back to that. Like, oh, that just went from 2,900 and now it says 3,000. And psychologically, that seems like so much more, you know? Right. <laughs> well, it's kind of an old sales technique too, is, you know, it's always 199 not $2. So. Right, right. <laughs> totally, totally. Okay, so how are you getting your clients? So today, you know, it's it's certainly different now. It's one of my six, seven years, well, since 2012, you know, 2013 officially, so seven years in my business. It's certainly much different now. Most of the business I get now is from referrals because, you know, I've, I've well coached my clients if, and really they just come to me because they see all of their friends have come to me. And I'm sure, you, I know you have the same as, yeah. you know, they post their pictures and the next one asks and the next one asks, but 
I really focus on, for the people that I don't know, I focus on doing talks. So I try to get in front of groups of people. And I talk about branding, which is, again, for the business perspective, a lot of people want to know about it and how to do it better. And there's a complete lack of knowledge still, which amazes me. And I also belong to BNI and, you know, I do that kind of thing on a regular basis now. But back in when I was first starting, it was a little bit different. Tell me a little bit more. When you say you do talks, what do you mean? And who are you, like, what types of groups of people are you getting in front of? So I really niched into the real estate world. Mm -hmm. So I dove quite deeply into that by kind of just finding out what are they up to? Where are they at? Who are they associating with? And I found that they have an association in the city. So I kind of figured out what that looked like. You could become an affiliate member of that. So I joined that and start talking to all my real estate clients and saying, you know, how do I really reach more of you? And there were about 4,000 real estate agents in this that all belong to that same organization. And there are spinoff groups that are like subsets of that main group that specialize. So one of them is for women. So I certainly joined that one. You can get involved and in, they have committees. Real estate agents are, they have a wide network of things that support them. So it's really as deep as you want to go. It's just figuring out where they all congregate and then becoming part of that. So that's really where, because I would say more than half of my clients come from that universe and all the surrounding universes because I network with all the businesses around them. There's a whole network of people that want to support them, like mortgage people, mm -hmm. bankers, you know, insurance people. They all flock around real estate agents. So if you right. can get in with get in with the main one, then you start getting feeders from that. And the talks are about branding. So depending on which group I'm going to talk to. I usually do a 30-minute talk about the basics, so kind of where they should be, what it should look like. It still surprises me how few people are doing the very minimum, Facebook business page, Instagram, YouTube channels, and for real estate agents especially, because it would be so easy to do all of those things, but they don't know how to do it, so they don't. Mm-hmm. Totally. And and obviously, real estate agents need photos. I mean, it's, yes. it's like on their business card, on this, their signage, on their website. If if someone is looking for a real estate agent, I feel like if they're, if they're looking there at their website, they want to connect with them in some way. And you can't really connect with someone if you don't see a photo. Or if it's like an old crappy photo, it's like, well, they must not be doing very well in business if they can't even afford a professional photographer. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, you can show them so many more opportunities. And Another part of my business, you know, I started kind of working with some of Sue's. I was one of the original, like, you mentors in the group. And so I was working with photographers. Well, that translated locally. I was telling a friend of mine who was a travel agent about what I was doing, helping some of the folks in the group. And she's like, I need that help. And so she hired me to help her. And that sort of blossomed into working with a lot of small business people locally. I've even worked with photographers locally to help them figure out the business side. You know, where are your clients? Where do you need to be focusing? How does that, you know, what do you do? Because most people, 
are good at their craft, but they don't know how do I get seen? How do I get noticed? How do people hear about me? So, so if someone like, for example, I'm here in Michigan, if you were to give advice to me for how I might get myself in front of a group of realtors, what would you recommend that I do? So I would find out who you know that is a real estate agent because you can throw a rock and hit one. So yeah, I know, I, know. <laughs> I can think of like 12 right now. <laughs> right, right. So most people, unless you've lived under a rock your whole life, you, you probably know a real estate agent. So I would just ask them what associations did they belong to? Because literally here, everyone belongs to that one main one, but they also belong to other things. So depending on what niche you're trying to feed, you know, they'll tell you all the different things that they belong to and then see if you can get invited to that. They all do luncheons, you know, they have lunch and learns, they have sales meetings, they have all kinds of things. So just ask about what organizations and then is that something they could invite you to? Right. Okay. Yeah. Because people are always looking for good guest speakers. I mean, especially if they're, you know, weekly or monthly lunch and learns, that sort of thing. I mean, yeah, I'm sure pe- groups are always looking for good speakers. So all you can do is put yourself out there, right? Right. Well, even before that, though, I would just go and be seen, go in support of, because until you mm-hmm. kind of know, you know, who they are, it's maybe a, a bit presumptuous to say you should have me come and speak. But if you go and, you know, go to a couple of luncheons, shake some hands, meet, well, maybe not anymore. Maybe we'll do some elbow bumps, but right. <laughs> but go in and meet some folks and find out what they're doing. You know, again, it's sales. It's what are they trying to accomplish and how can you help them accomplish that? Because they'll all have a goal in mind for their membership and, you know, maybe you can figure out a way to help them get there. I'm so glad you brought that up. And this is so, so important because I think what happens is... Someone will just show up to a business or contact someone in a group or whatever and just expect to be received with open arms. And sure, you can come when everything you just said is so important. It's about relationship building and what can I do for you, not what am I going to get out of this. Exactly. And if people can shift their focus to that, I mean, it's everything. A hundred percent. Yeah, that it's interesting you say that because I have a power, what's called a power team in BNI. It's just a group of folks that all have services that we're a marketing team, basically. And we had a meeting last week and we identified a company that one of the people, he's the videographer, that's all they do in their business. And he said, you know, I've been trying to get this one business for a while and haven't gotten anywhere. Well, I went and looked at their website while we were we were all on a Zoom call together and I identified at least five areas I could help them. And it just so happened I had photographed the wife of the guy that owns the company. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, so we're working on a plan. There are six of us on that team. Where I My assignment to them was look at that website and figure out three or four different ways that you can help them. And let's meet again next week and talk about how we can put together a plan to go and show them value that they're missing out on clientele because of these things. Right, right. Now, you had mentioned BNI as being one of the networking groups. I know I've been part of multiple. I've never done BNI because I know some people are really good at like the regimented, you have to go weekly sort of meetings. And I know like Christina Hauser, she was one of our first episodes that we recorded for this podcast. She also did really well with BNI. There are groups that I go to that like Boss Ladies is this one here in Michigan that I just love. And it's so great for me and my personality. Right. And then 
you know, like B and I worked super well for you and your personality. But I'm assuming it wasn't just the first meeting you went to and all of a sudden you're just booking a bunch of clients. No, definitely not. It's just like everything else. It's all about building relationships. So my first year, I made a post in the group a while back, but it's probably been two years ago. But basically my first year, I did enough to make my membership worth it because I got that money back. But really the second, you know, the second, third, fourth year is really where you're going to make your money because your first year, nobody knows who you are and they don't know if you're, if you can deliver what you say you can deliver. But mm-hmm. really it's just, they don't, they don't know you. So no matter what you're doing, you have to spend time. You have to meet people. You have to, you know, have a meeting, grab some coffees, talk to them for an hour, and really focus on how you can help them. It's never about you. Oh, you know, if you're focusing about on yourself all the time, you're not going to get anywhere. But if you focus on what you can do for them, who do you know that can help them? If you can solve their problem that they're having, then whether you're going to a networking event or a BNI meeting or the calling on somebody in a business somewhere, it's all the same. If you can find something that they need that you can help with, then you're more valuable and they're going to be more interested in helping you later. But don't focus on what what's in it for you or you're going to lose. Right, right. And I know sometimes that's hard to hear. Like people don't want to hear that you have to put in a year's worth of going to these meetings. And it doesn't always have to take a year. Like that's not to say like if you've already got, you know, a super strong portfolio and you've got a really good elevator pitch and, you know, I know it's it's not that you can never book or whatever, but I found too, it took a good year. And then it was like, I, I was booking clients throughout that, but it wasn't as consistent and it wasn't like snowballing. Once that year market, it was like, just started snowballing like crazy where I'm like, I don't even know if I need to go to these meetings <laughs> anymore, you know? <laughs> and of course you do, cause you have to keep it going, but, but yeah, it's, it, it is, it can be one of those things where you just have to make sure you're not expecting like it's a marathon it's not a sprint exactly yeah and you touched on an interesting point there too is a lot of people will go gangbusters for a while then they get really busy they get booked and they so they do all the work and then they hit rock bottom because they haven't been you know in again in the sales world they call it filling the funnel they haven't put anything in the funnel so Mm. nothing's come coming out the bottom. So it's kind of a consistent, you've got to be shooting, but you also have to be marketing. So it's a nice balance. Otherwise, if it gets, and I did that my first year too, is I would go out a bunch, get a bunch, shoot a lot, and then hit the ground, you know, and nothing was coming in. So I had to figure out, it took me you know, a good year and a half to figure or more, maybe sometimes because I still even I'll get an influx of I'm like, wow, you know, I want I want to do all this. But Mm -hmm. if you're not out there, then you're not meeting new people that are going to continue to come in. Yeah, I have a photographer friend and she was saying how she had found out that someone, a different photographer who does similar, you know, similar style photo shoots with hair and makeup or whatever, had booked someone in one of her networking groups. And I was like, oh, you know, it always sucks when that happens, of course. But I'm like, well, when's the last time you've been to one of those meetings? Right. And she was like, oh, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> so, you know, and it, there are enough clients for all of us. So I'm not saying that if there's another photographer in that group, which I know B&I, you can only have one photographer per 
group, but like the groups that I've always been part of, you can have as many as you want. And that's fine because there are enough clients, there are enough women and men out there for all of us. Right. But it is one of those things where if it hurts you that people within your network are booking someone else, well, you got to step it up. Like, right. Okay. What can you do then to start booking more clients? You know? Right. In this area, I mean, there are, I looked at the population the other day because I was trying to figure out the cities and reopening for the virus and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And this city, there's almost a million people. So I've got two other, at least two or three other people here that follow Sue's model or in the groups come to Portrait Masters, all of that. They do exactly the same thing I do, but we each have our own style because we're all, you know, individual people, Mm -hmm. but we all follow the same model. But, you know, I can't shoot more than, my goal is 50, 60 people a year, and I'm completely happy with that. So, you know, if there's a million people here, there's a lot of people that are not going to get photographed, even with three or four of us. So, Right. (laughs) right. That's such a good point. And it's so much better to work together. Like if you've reached your max, for the month or whatever, and you refer out to someone else, that person is likely going to refer back to you one day. It's like, why not help each other as opposed to look at each other as competition? I mean, yeah, of course it is competition. But at the same time, the energy in which we are looking at our competitors is it can be a beautiful partnership or it can be like a like a snarky, you know, right, competitive, dirty feeling, you know? Yes. (laughs) You can look at it either way. Yes. Okay, so you said you you're goal is to do 50 to 60 shoots per year. So as far as, you know, income goes, have you replaced your corporate salary? I know you said you were pretty high up there. So I'm just curious. Yeah, I, I'm not exactly where I was at the corporate level, but I'm also not traveling. You know, I was on the road three weeks out of four, mm. gone all the time and dealing with the high stress of being, I was a middle management essentially. So I had people above me and people below me all pulling on me. <laughs> so, you know, now I run my own business. I'm content where I'm at. Uh, you know, I'm not quite in that high six figures area, but I'm completely happy with the income that I have. And I choose when I want to work. You know, I'm not gone unless I want to be. So it's the freedom that it allows me to only be really in charge of myself and not have to worry about everybody else's well-being, except for my client, which I'm quite happy to do, makes all the difference in the world. I mean, it just seems like happiness is the most important thing. And and how much less stressful for you. Right. It's not really that old saying, it's not work when you love what you do. So the, when I was a corporate climber, it, I enjoyed the challenge of it, but I wasn't, you know, the taking away who I was as a person was not so fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've become a fuller person, I think, is, you know, it sounds kind of weird, but I'm more just a richer person now than I was because I'm, you know, in sales, you're giving back because we were helping them to sell more for their business. But to me, this is more, it's more personal because I'm not only am I helping people grow their business, but I'm also helping them feel better about themselves. And that's, you know, that's the biggest thing. When I can see the joy on somebody's face when they come back and have a reveal and they hoped it was going to turn out well, but they didn't really know until they saw the images. And when I see the complete satisfaction of knowing that, hey, lots of my clients have said to me, or told others, which is even better when I go to a networking thing and they'll say, this is my photographer. You know, I didn't think I was beautiful before I met her and she showed me. 
Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's such a compliment. You know, like I can't think of anything nicer that anybody could say to me that I didn't know I was beautiful until she showed me what I look like. And you're not getting that positive feedback in the corporate world. No. (laughs) (laughs) At least where you were, it sounds like. No, I don't believe I've ever had anything quite that nice said to me. Well, and when you said that sounds weird, that it's a, you have a fuller, richer life, that doesn't sound weird at all. It, and I mean, I know personally, and I, and I know other people who have shared that when you're in a career that you don't love, it can affect your relationship and it can affect the energy that you come home from work and you're dealing with kids or spouses or animals or, and I think too, I, I didn't realize that you traveled so much. And I know that you have dogs who are like, just, you know, your, your fur babies. And yes. think about when your dog was sick recently and how, if you had been traveling all that time and you would have had to miss out on like so much time with him. Yeah. My dogs are absolutely my kids. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have a stepson too, but the dogs are And dogs are just pure love. That's just all they are. They live for you to hang out with you. and Totally. They don't want anything from you. They just want to (laughs) hang. Totally. My sunny girl is the same. But yeah, for you to have that time with your dogs and it's, you know, and your husband and it's freedom, like you said. It's freedom to create your own schedule, to do what you love, to just bring joy to people. And I mean, it's not always sunshine and rainbows, of course. Like we have to hustle and we have to work and it's, you know, long hours sometimes. But man, what a difference when you get to be the dictator of what you do. Yes. Yeah, it's very cool. So you you mentioned that you started your pricing with Sue's pricing right out the gate, and that was, what, 2013. Have you made any changes, or are you kind of sticking with that since it's working? You know, it's funny. I haven't changed it. And I recently, I don't know, a couple months back, somebody made a post and asked what all the supporter people were all charging and at their what their averages were. And I was like, man, I really need to raise my pricing. Because <laughs> <laughs> everybody's, you know, I'm not focused on, and I think a lot of it is, a lot of them are doing you know, they're focused on more the transformational, just the women or the families and mm-hmm. not the business. The business side doesn't necessarily give the higher dollars because they're not doing wall art and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So what I've really been looking at, and I'm actually rebuilding my website right now since we've had some free time with the virus, I'm putting together a new direction because I really this year want to, for the remainder of the year, want to add I'm trying to add value to my business clients. So I'm really trying to open up what could branding look like. So instead of just portraits, you know, what else can they have visually that will make their universe better? So I'm kind of focusing on doing things like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. Well, it sounds like your clients are really lucky to have you and you shared some really good tips. So I really, really appreciate it. I think people are going to love this, especially people who are going into the networking, you know, sort of personal branding headshot world. Yes. Thank you. I know people hate, or at least some people hate the word networking and it's not always the most fun thing to do, but if you can just look at it, like meet, just go there to meet one or two new people. And, you know, make that connection with a couple people. It's not the whole room. It's not handing out cards to everybody and mm-hmm. making zero connection. But if you can just focus on, I just have to meet a couple of right people, then it'll make it easier. Yeah, that's great advice. I love that. Okay, so we are to the point now where I'm going to ask you the questions that I ask all of our guests. Okay. Okay, so I'm the first thing is I'm wondering, what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot? 
Spider holster for sure. Yes, I love my spider holster. You're not the first person to say that. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't have an assistant. I shoot alone. So for me to be able to, you know, put that in there, move some hair, get right back in there. I used to, that first year was all about putting my camera down. Now where's my camera? (laughs) Totally. Totally. Same. Someone else said the same thing. I love my spider holster. Yes. Okay, number two, how do you spend your time when you're not doing photo shoots? So I, you know, you kind of hit on the dogs. I, I love to hang out with my dogs. I also have a pet rabbit and they're all rescue animals. So I like to hang out with all of them. And I also garden oh. and I like to cook. So and I spent some time because we've, again, had some free time recently. So I, I made a rabbit garden. And nice. That's awesome. Yes. And I've been enjoying cooking and taking pictures, you know, professional looking pictures of food so I can transition that into hopefully some paid work when we get back to work. Ooh, great idea. Good use of your time. That's awesome. Yes. Very cool. Okay. Number three, what's your favorite inspirational quote? So I've always been a proponent of the right mindset. You know, if you expect to fail, you will. So the Henry Ford quote of whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. That's mm-hmm. definitely the, the if you're if you don't believe you can, then why would you? You know what? You're not gonna. So that has always played out very true over my entire career. That is everything. That quote is everything. Yes, seriously. It, I'm 100 percent believer in that, and I'm so glad you use that quote. So thank you for oh, that. Of course. <laughs> Okay, number four, what would you say to people who are just getting started? So the biggest thing is get yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Well, you can sit behind your computer, but you're not going to meet people. So you've got to force yourself to get out there and talk about what you do and ask people what their stories are and connect with people. So, you know, the, the best thing, and it's, it was kind of crazy my first year when I very first moved into my studio I spent a week going around knocking on doors because I came from the outside sales world. I was completely fine with walking into businesses and talking to people. And all I did was create an event that said, you know, I'm having a, an open house kind of thing so we can all get to know each other and just wanted to invite you. So there was no pressure. It was just a reason for me to walk in the door and hand them something. And, right. you know, it got me used to talking to people about what I do. And I made relationships with all the surrounding businesses that way. So they all knew who I was. So that was, you know, probably not everybody's going to do that, but just get out, find out where the networking events are and just go and talk to people. Solid advice right there. That's for sure. So what's next for you? So, you know, my biggest thing now, I think, you know, and I kind of highlighted is I really just want to beef up the packages that I'm doing for my branding clients. So Everything I've been shooting has been in the studio, and I really want to kind of amp that up a little bit and give them some more offerings. So more styled types of shoots and, you know, styled shots that they can use without them in it, sort of that content marketing stuff and putting together Mm -hmm. bigger packages so they have a fuller, richer thing that they can, you know, it's kind of what Sue and Jerson were doing, going to businesses and shooting sort of the behind the scenes. So all the things that they can be doing to amp up their marketing. Yeah, fantastic. And and that video that you referenced is on the SBE website. So if you're out there wondering where you can find that, it's an Instagram marketing video. So yes. glad you brought that up. Yes. Very cool. And where can people find you, Tammy, if they're looking for you online? So my website is, I'll give you the backwards because they all sound the same, which 
By the way, if you're just starting out in your business, be sure to talk to people over the phone and tell them what your business name and website address and email address are so that it's not hard for them. I didn't realize until after I named my studio Z Photog Studio that all the letters sound the same. So it's <laughs> zphotog.net is my website. So it's Z is in zebra, P is in Paul, H is in Henry, O, T is in Tammy, O, G is in good.net. So I have to do that every single time. So please don't do that to yourself. <laughs> be yeah, smarter than, yeah, totally. be smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Awesome. And you're, it's the same on Instagram, right? On Instagram, I'm zphotogtammy. And Facebook, I'm zphotog.tammy. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tammy. It's always so great to talk to you. And I love hearing what you're doing. And keep us posted about these new packages that you come up with. I, you know, if you post in the group about it, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, as they continue to develop them, I'll absolutely be talking to the group about it. And thank you so much for having me. All right, honey, we'll talk soon. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today to the Portrait System Podcast. If you like what you heard, we would really love for you to leave us a five-star review either on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And I really, really want to encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com. Over there, you can find all of the education you need to become a successful photographer. It's only $35, and there are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 12-week startup program that I love. And there are posing downloads, lighting downloads. I mean, truly everything to help make you not only a better photographer, but to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.